Mud Stories, Episode 65. Your mercy floods my tired soul as you lift me out of my muddy hole. You wash me up with your sweet grace and you lead me to a safer place again. At the core, we're all the same. We're all sexual beings. And we all have to figure out how to live a life of sexual and emotional integrity and sexual intimacy within marriage and spiritual intimacy with Christ. Because I think that that is the key factor to keep us from acting out in ways that will certainly destroy our marriage and our family if we let it. And it's really hard to flip that switch from good girls don't to good girls do. They do it often. They do it well. They enjoy it without guilt, shame or inhibition. And I think that a lot of women, the roadblock that they come against in their path towards sexual fulfillment is that they fear God's judgment. They are just so afraid that if they enjoy sex, that's going to mean they're a bad girl and that changes their identity. And it's like, no, 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 no. Our identity is based on who we are in Christ. And we have to remember that God himself is the one who created the gift of sexuality. Hi, my name is Jackie Watkins, your host, and you're listening to Mud Stories, a podcast dedicated to bringing you inspiration in your muddiest moments, hope to make it through your mud, and encouragement for you to know that you are not alone. Hey friends, welcome to the Mud Stories podcast. I'm so excited that you're here, and today I have in particular a special episode for you. All month, we've been wrestling through the topic of sexuality in our marriage and our relationships, our emotional integrity and our um, sexual integrity. And it all started with episode 61, back when I shared with you at the beginning of the month, the kickoff to this series and my own personal mud story. And so if you missed that episode, I would encourage you to go back. You can get there by going to JackieWatkins.com forward slash episode 61, and you can hear directly from me to you, my own personal mud story. And then beyond that, we've had follow-up podcasts. If you've missed them, 62 was about emotional integrity, entanglement, and affairs. And um, episode 63 and 64 were with Trey and Melody Lovern, all about infidelity in their marriage, um, their divorce, and their subsequent remarriage, and the reconciliation and redemption that God did in their story. And it's an incredible story. Uh, It's two parts, and I hope you didn't miss it. And if you did, you can go back and get there. Uh, I'd, I'd love for you to do that. And then I've also been writing this entire month. Some of you have been following along, and it's been just such a gift to interact with you on this topic. If you've missed any of those posts, you can get there by going to JackieWatkins.com forward slash before an affair, and all of the posts are listed there for you to read. And it's my prayer that it's been uh, encouraging to you and inspiring in the sense of highlighting God's redemptive power in our lives, no matter what mud that you've been through. And so today I am talking with Shannon 
Etheridge, and this is going to be a different kind of Mud Stories podcast episode because Shannon is not here to share her personal mud story. She's done that when she was a guest on the show way at the beginning, and uh, you'll hear us talk about that in the interview. But today she's here as an expert. As we finish off this month of this topic, I wanted to bring her back on so we could really get some more advice and some experience, some input, and really for her to point us to some resources that can help us if these topics have stirred up something in you or if you know someone who's going through these kinds of things. I wanted to have resources for you so that you didn't feel like, you know, we dove in deep and then you just were abandoned. And so Shannon is here today and I I know that you're going to be blessed by our conversation. We are going to not hold anything back. I have to tell you, you might want to uh, listen to this when kids are not in the car, just because there are some words that we say and some things we refer to that may not be appropriate for kids. And so I just wanted to make you aware of that right now. We're going to be talking about finding our sexual freedom, healing from our past sexual issues. We're going to talk about fulfillment sexually in marriage and uh, becoming a sexually confident wife. Uh, We're going to wrestle through issues of our sexual fantasies, what they mean, um, all sorts of things, and I can't wait for you to hear it. Shannon is a million-copy best-selling author of the book, Every Woman's Battle, and it's all about um, establishing sexual and emotional integrity in our lives as women. It's an amazing book. It's a book that helped me heal so deeply when I walked through what I did. And uh, Shannon speaks not only here in the United States, but internationally. She's a certified life coach with a master's degree in counseling and human relations. And she is the author of over 20 books, some nonfiction and a few fiction. So if you like to learn by reading fiction, I want to encourage you. Shannon writes that too. And so Shannon's three main goals with her ministry and her life are to help women embrace lifestyles of sexual and emotional integrity, sexual intimacy in marriage, and spiritual intimacy with Christ. And it's just a beautiful blend of purpose and mission. And so she's here today to help us point us to some resources and wrestle through some more things. And I can't wait for you to hear our conversation. It's my great hope that it blesses you and I will catch you on the other side. So without further delay, here's my conversation with Shannon Etheridge. Enjoy. Hi, Shannon. Welcome back to the Mud Stories podcast. I'm so excited you're here today and I can't wait to talk with you. Jackie, thank you so much for having me back on. I heard from so many of your listeners last time we did a show together. So I just want to give you some kind words of affirmation, girlfriend. You've got a thing going on. Thank you so much for your vulnerability and your courage in in producing this show. Well, thank you. That means so much to me. You know, you were instrumental in my healing journey through my story. After I read your book and was exposed to every woman's battle, I think I went and Googled every single talk you'd ever given that had been recorded online. And I just consumed you. In fact, my husband told me that I started uh, speaking with a Texas accent because I've been listening to (laughs) Shannon Etheridge so much. (laughs) I love it. Isn't that funny? Anyway, I think I think it was because I listened to one of your books on audiobook, completely his. But anyway, he's like, what what are you? Were you visiting the South this this last few weeks or whatever? That was years ago. But anyway, (laughs) I know. I know. I'm a secret wannabe Texan. (laughs) That's a claim. Most people are. 
<laughs> you all just have everything better in Texas. It's bigger and better. I don't know what it is about Canadians in Texas, but like every Canadian I ever encounter, like, oh, I've always wanted to come to Texas. I've always wanted to live in Texas. I'm like, well, come on. It's big enough. <laughs> <laughs> big wide sky. Yeah. Oh, well, this month I have asked you back on the show because I just can't wait to ask you some really crucial pieces of information just glean from your wisdom and advice. Um, I'm writing for 31 days. We're almost done this month. We've been talking about what I learned and what people should know before they have an affair. And when I thought of who I could bring on as an expert in this area, which I know you probably cringe when I say the word expert. I, because I think of sexpert. You know, sexpert. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> right, right. I thought of you is who I thought of. And I reached out to you and you graciously had the time. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. I'd love to just dive into these topics because I think they're issues that that reside in our minds and our hearts, but we don't spend a lot of time externally processing or well, talking about. We're afraid to let that out. Right. What that's going to mean in other people's minds if we confide in someone. And so, yeah, I think that there's just such a taboo and a sense of shame about female sexuality, even to a much greater degree than male sexuality. It seems like Men are kind of like, well, yeah, duh, of course you struggle with porn. Of course you struggle with looking at other women. That it's like, because you're breathing. You're like, they know right. that about each other. But with women, it's like we are so afraid that others are going to think that we are totally weird or perverted or, you know, or just this horrible, broken person. And it's like, no, you're just a sexual being that experiences all the temptations that come part and parcel with being human. And we can see in scripture that even Jesus himself was tempted in every way. And people want to assume that, oh, yeah, but every way except sexually, because, you know, he wasn't one of those kind of people. It's like, nope, he was. It says in every way. It doesn't have an asterisk with a disclaimer at the bottom that says except sexually. And so we know that Jesus had sexual thoughts and feelings the same way that we do. It's what we choose to do with them that's going to make a difference. And whether we choose to sin or whether we choose to uh, hold on to the strength that is available to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. Well, you first shared on my very first episode of the Mud Stories podcast. And for those people who have not heard you there, I'd like to refer them to JackieWatkins.com forward slash episode two. And in that episode, you shared about how your greatest struggle, your mud really birthed your greatest gift that you're giving the world now. And you've become an author and a speaker of both fiction and nonfiction. Your website has all of your resources available. And we can talk about those, you know, at the end. But I wanted to bring them up to speed if they haven't heard of you before, if you could just explain a little bit about who you are, your family, and um, in a nutshell, what you do, and then we'll get to it. Okay. Well, I think that my first claim to fame should be that I have been married to Greg Etheridge now for 25 years. We just celebrated our 25th anniversary in May. I asked him, I said, honey, can you believe it's been 25 years? His response was, no, it feels like it's only been 10 minutes underwater. <laughs> <laughs> I totally get that. <laughs> Marriage is hard. Oh, it is. In it. We are still in it. Yes. Uh, and then we have a 23-year-old daughter who's working on her grad studies up in New York. And we have a 20-year-old son who's about to graduate with his bachelor's in business. And so we're about to be official empty nesters. So we are very excited about this next season of our lives. But it was about um, seven years into my marriage that 
I went through six months of intense group and individual therapy to get to the root causes of why have I always looked for love in the wrong places instead of the right place? And how can I stop before I destroy my life, my marriage and my family in the process? And so after those six months, it was my counselor who just said to me, Shannon, you need to go share your testimony with other people. And I was like, uh, that's not what I signed up for. (laughs) That wasn't part of the deal. (laughs) Nope. Nope. And she said, it would be a crying shame for you to have experienced all the healing and the wisdom and the revelation that you've received. And then just keep that to yourself. And the more I thought about it, the more I knew she was right. And so I started speaking to high school, to junior high and high schoolers about um, saving sex until marriage, because that was what I wish I had gleaned as a teenager. And then it evolved into college students as they grew older. And then those college students started getting married and having babies and having all the sexual struggles that come part and parcel with being married. And so over the past 20 years, I have just grown with my audience. And um, now I'm privileged to have lots of clients who are actually much further down the road than I am age-wise. That um, Just working on a master's degree in uh, counseling and human relationships and making sexuality my main avenue of uh, research and writing and speaking and coaching has just given me a lot of exposure to a lot of different sexual issues that I realize just how similar we all are. That whether we're men or women, regardless of our age or race or financial status or anything else, at the core, we're all the same. We're all sexual beings and we all have to figure out how to live a life of sexual and emotional integrity and sexual intimacy within marriage and spiritual intimacy with Christ. Because I think that that is the key factor to keep us from acting out in ways that will certainly destroy our marriage and our family if we let it. Yes, yes. And you are gleaning a lot of, um, you know, you have the your finger on the pulse of what the hot topics are right now, not only because you're actively coaching clients, you know, doing intensives with women who want to get to the bottom of their, you know, sexual and emotional past. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're also using those questions that come up with um, the podcast that you co-host called Sexy Marriage Radio. And just, I really am thankful that you aren't a writer that just goes to a you know, cabin in the woods and just writes from within, but you are really interactive in the way that you serve the world. And I think it's important in this topic to always be up to speed with what's changing and what what the hot issues are. And that's how we stay relevant and we serve, you know, well. So yeah, that is absolutely so true. We actually just talked about this on one of the blast mentorship calls yesterday about how if you have a, a message burning in your heart, One of the worst things that you can do is just go running, whether it's into a cabin in the woods or into your bedroom or office or whatever, and just write it from your own head, from your own experience, from your own thoughts. What you really need to do is is get out there and speak that message and get that feedback from your audience. Collect those stories. Interact with those people because those stories will make your book, uh, when you do write it someday, far richer. It's kind of like your podcast, Jackie. I mean, if this was all about the Jackie Watkins show, it would be great because you're such a great person, but it's so much more rich because you are including other people's mud stories and you're helping people realize, oh, I'm not alone. And that is, I think that those are the most important words in the English language that really comfort our soul is to know that we are not alone in our struggles. And the challenge as a leader is to find ways to creatively 
make easy the avenue for your audience and the people who you're serving to really give you that feedback. And I think that's the place I'm at right now. I'm I'm really wanting to seek out the ways that I can really interact with you guys who are listening and, and hear your heartbeat and hear what you want from me because I I want to serve is really what I want to do, you know. And um, I think that's the heart I hear and see in your ministry and your life. And it's just really inspiring. I'm thankful for you. Oh, thank you. And 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 you're being very very wise to let your listeners guide your topics because yeah they they, they want to hear things that are applicable to them and so very wise woman you oh, are oh well all to the credit of the people that are leading me as well and of course the lord so one of your recent nonfiction titles is called The Passion Principles and in that book you've kind of compiled a lot of very frequently asked questions about this topic of sexuality and marriage and relationships in general. And so I thought it would be really fun if we could talk about those four key areas where we connect with one another in relationships and hear from you a little bit about what you're seeing as the big problem areas as you've had your pulse on what's going on right now and talk about what dangers we need to be aware of and then and how we can really fortify our relationships in that area. Because I think not only discussing what we're currently facing, the mud that we're facing, it's important to name that and call out our shame and speak it to others and, you know, go to the Lord and be healed and all of that. It's also important to invest time preventatively and to be wise and smart and aware. So can you just start us out? Tell us what the four areas are, and then we'll dive into the first one together. Absolutely. Yeah. The the premise behind the passion principles is really all about celebrating sexual freedom and marriage. And when you talk about preventative medicine to keep us from acting out, from falling into unhealthy relationships, uh, you know, having affairs that we never thought would take place in our lives, it's often because there's something missing in our marriage, that there is definitely a lack of intimacy or depth or passion or pleasure in our marriage relationship. And so making sure that your marriage is the best that it can be and that your marriage bed is the hottest that it can be certainly goes a long way to preventing an affair because I've never heard a woman say to me, yeah, we were clicking along just great. We were having fantastic sex. Often I was experiencing, you know, multiple orgasms and my husband was, you know, totally satisfied. I've never heard that woman say, and then I fell into an affair. Right. It's usually we'd been drifting for a while. Sex wasn't happening nearly as often, or my husband's never really learned how, quite how to bring me to orgasm. Or like there's always been right. a key element that was missing in her journey that she saw an opportunity in that extramarital affair to try to discover that key in that other relationship. So I do think that um, focusing on your own sexuality, your own sexual relationship in your marriage is absolutely key to preventing being in that painful place where you and I have both found ourselves, because I think that you'll know that this rings true. This is not something I would wish on my worst enemy, just the misery of the shame, the, the guilt, the humiliation, the fear, the anxiety of wrestling with those extramarital mm-hmm. uh, temptations. I mean, we all wrestle with the temptation, but to wrestle with the fact that we are in it, we are in an affair. Very few things impact a woman's self-esteem 
and confidence in all other areas of her life like that experience. And so to help women prevent that from happening, I'm just so grateful for have this to, you know, for us to have this opportunity to talk about this. So the four components that make up our sexuality, you, know, you think about it, God didn't just make us with a body. He made us with a mind, a body, a heart, and a spirit. And we have to guard all four of those components. What I write about in the Every Woman's Battle series is about how if someone were pursuing you with the intent to do you harm and you were to jump into a car to take refuge, what's the first thing that you would do when you jump into that car, Jackie? You would lock every door. Every door. Every is, door. Exactly. It's <laughs> really good to lock just one door. But isn't that what women do when they say, well, you know, as long as I don't have sex with this person, then it doesn't matter what we say in our text messages. It doesn't right. matter how we talk to each other. Yes, it does. Because if you fail to guard your mind and your heart and your spirit, as well as your body, you're going to be very, very vulnerable. And um, I've said it over and over, wherever a woman's heart goes, her body longs to follow. That's we are right. just wired that way. Men seem to be able to separate those two, that they can have an affair and actually claim that it had nothing to do with his love for his wife, which is you know, certainly debatable. But for women, it's when our heart leaves home that our body often strays. And so we look at all four of these components, the spiritual, the mental, the emotional, and the physical. And in the book, we try to answer the 40 most commonly asked questions uh, in these regards to help people shore up their sexuality from all four of those perspectives. Okay, so which one should we... Well, before we get into that, I wanted to mention you said that um, I would verify that I wouldn't wish my experience on my worst enemy. And I just wanted to say before we dive into these, I can't agree with you more. And actually, it was so difficult to choose to share my story, just like your therapist encouraged you to share your story. It was so hard for me because not only did I have an affair, but I married the person I had an affair with. And so that that just amped up the guilt and shame and consequences to a whole nother level and yet brought me to a place where I felt like, well, I don't have a right to say anything about that. And so over the course of the decade, it's taken me to understand that um, it's a universal thing, our shame and our guilt. And for me to hoard what God has done in my life and to continue to grade sin on levels of hierarchy is really hiding the goodness of God and and disguising His grace and the mercy that He's given me. And so, you know, I, I, I can't resonate enough with although I am living a life that I'm I'm happy about now, I still have residual natural consequences from the choices I made. Sure. It was a very painful path, but the courage that it takes you to put these, put your own testimony out there and to put these stories together on your podcast, I think it just demonstrates how it is a deeply ingrained knowledge in you that God's grace really is sufficient for Jackie Watkins and yeah. for Shannon Etheridge and for every other female and male that walks this planet. God's grace is sufficient for us, regardless of the choices that we make, regardless of the consequences that we suffer, we can be overcomers. That is the good news of the gospel. And we just can't negate that. So you asked where would be a good place to start. Yes. I think the best place to start is looking at the spiritual component. Okay. If we were raised in well-meaning Christian homes, most likely we were hearing our parents chant the mantra, good girls don't, Good girls don't. Mm, and it's so true. And it's really hard to flip that switch from good girls don't 
to good girls do. They do it often. They do it well. They enjoy it without guilt, shame, or inhibition. And I think that a lot of women, uh, that the roadblock that they come against in their path towards sexual fulfillment is that they fear God's judgment. Hmm. They are just so afraid that if they enjoy sex, that's going to mean they're a bad girl and that changes their identity. And it's like, no, 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 no. Our identity is based on who we are in Christ. And we have to remember that God himself is the one who created the gift of sexuality. Uh, It's not that God crafted our eyes and elbows and belly buttons, but the genitals were slapped on by the devil at the last (laughs) minute. You know, and we have to we have to remember that sexual intimacy was ordained by God. He saw man and woman and and, you know, it was like, OK, be fruitful and multiply, make have sex and make babies is what that means. That all happened before the fall of man, that God declared that sexual intimacy, that relationship very good. And so we have to remember that healthy, vibrant sex that makes you feel good, that creates arousal and pleasure and satisfaction and curiosity and fascination, all of those things are exactly what we're supposed to be experiencing in marriage. But so many of us associate sex with the abuse that we had as a child or the promiscuity as a teenager or the acting out you know, in our early adulthood. We have to stop associating it with something that it was never intended to be and start associating it with what it was intended to be. And that is just being the sexually confident wife that is your birthright by being a Christian human being. That, um, you know, that not only is his grace sufficient for us, his mercies are new every morning. So it really doesn't matter what's in your past. It absolutely does not matter. Uh, you can still be a sexually confident wife if you focus on the right things, uh, and that is embracing your identity of, of who God says you, that you are as a result, not of your not of your perfect choices, not of your per, you know purity status or anything like that, but because of what Christ did for you on the cross. That's the bottom line. And he did that for all of us, regardless of what kind of sexual sins we committed in the past. Right. So you're talking about really understanding and grasping the grace of God. You're, you're talking about believing that God's gift in Christ and the righteousness of Christ applied to us is enough. I mean, we really have to get to that place in our core where we really believe there's nothing we can do to earn God's love and nothing we can do to cause him to leave us. That's exactly right. And that knowledge penetrating the fibers of our being will change our entire perspective on everything, especially on our sex life and on our marriage. Okay, so let's talk about the person who was kind of promiscuous before marriage. I mean, now maybe they're in marriage and monogamous, but they have a a past. Maybe it's a secret past that they haven't disclosed to their partner because they're afraid of being vulnerable. Maybe their partner knows about the past. Or maybe the two of them were the two that were engaged premaritally, and that weight has really infiltrated their current marital sexual relationship, inhibiting things like orgasmic function and willingness to be vulnerable and communicate about what you like or what you you don't like or not being fully present when you're having sex. You know, we can turn lights off and think about other things and not be present with who we're having sex with, Absolutely. even if it's marriage. So can you speak to those issues as a group, you know, first? Absolutely. I mean, again, it goes back to when Christ died on the cross, he didn't say, forgive them for their sins, except for the sexual ones. Those are too big. I'm not dying for those. Like there were no exceptions at the right. cross. And so why do we want to categorize our sexual sin in a completely different compartment and say, well, surely God's grace is sufficient for me, except for this area of my life. 
Mm -hmm. How do we hold on to it like bubblegum stuck to our shoe? That was never, ever God's intention. And there are so many stories in the Bible, such as the woman caught in adultery, such as the woman at the well is, you know, of course, my favorite. It, it demonstrates God's stance. His stance was to protect and to restore and to redeem and to inspire and mm -hmm. that is God's same stance toward us. He does not feel any differently toward us than he did toward those other women in the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. And so if a person out there is struggling like that, maybe some help would be needed. I mean, to pursue talking about this with someone, right? Absolutely. Because, you know, you write about in The Sexually Confident Wife about how we can reclaim what's rightly ours, ours in our marriage bed. I mean, sex doesn't have to be a drag. It doesn't have to be, oh, again, you know, or avoiding, you know, getting ready for bed in a different area or whatever it is, dumb little things we do to avoid really growing into the women that God wants us to be. Um, I'm sure it's a men's issue too, but you know, we're women. So we're talking about women. Right. Um, well, I think that it goes back to the garden of Eden. If we've been hiding behind fig leaves our whole life, you know, whether yeah. that's a fig leaf, whether it's a mask, whether it's a persona, whether it's a lack of interest sexually or whatever, we love to hide, but intimacy can best be understood by breaking it down into syllables into me see. So letting our spouses see in the innermost parts of our minds, uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly, uh, even being vulnerable enough to discuss our fantasies with them, to discuss the types of things that we might enjoy trying or experimenting with. I mean, that takes courage and certainly vulnerability, but that is where greater levels of intimacy can be cultivated. I mean, Brene Brown talks about the importance of vulnerability in friendships, but I think it's all the more important in a marriage relationship to say, Absolutely. this is, you know, this is my fear. This is my fantasy. This is, uh, this is something I'd like to try. That takes a lot of courage. And I think our husbands really appreciate being made that confidant. But if you can't talk, if you don't feel like you can talk to your husband yet, do find a counselor or coach or a women's ministry leader or somebody that can be that verbal sounding board for you because we women are verbal processors. We just are. And when we keep these thoughts just trapped up inside of our head, it doesn't do us a whole lot of good, but when we, when we can talk it through with someone, it's the body of Christ working together. We often hear, when we hear somebody else, kind of like my counselor say, you need to go share your story. I would have never come up with that on my own, but I chose to believe her. You know, like we can, we often believe other people before we believe ourselves. So yeah. uh, being in that relationship with someone can certainly go a long way. Okay. So let's say that that a person is married and you know they're married to a good guy he would be receptive if she picked up the sexually confident wife and started uh, you know initiating or practicing things talk about a little bit more how we as women have a lot more power for good in our relationships than we really you know garner or take you just said the key word power we hold the power to make or break our husband's self-esteem because understand that our husband's greatest desire, what he aspires to most is to know that he is a good lover and he can bring a woman to orgasm because there's a lot yes. of pressure on men growing up. A lot. Yeah. We live in a society where you, you need to be not necessarily a player, but you, know, you need to be a stud uh, for lack of a better word. 
And yeah. so for you to send him signals that you don't enjoy sex, you don't crave sex, you don't find him attractive, you don't necessarily believe him when he says he finds you attractive, like those are all signals sent to him that says, uh, yeah, you're more of a dud than a stud. Mm-hmm. I up with that. That was pretty good, wasn't it? That was good. <laughs> and then they they might think, why not? Why should I risk even trying? Yep. You know, and women's bodies are complicated. If we don't even understand our own body and how it works, how can we communicate what we want our husbands to do with us? That is so, so true. And that leads me to kind of the next component is the mental. So many women are so fearful that God is going to judge them for the thoughts that roll through their head as mm. they become aroused and as they strive toward orgasm. You have to stop worrying about that because, again, even Jesus had sexual thoughts and feelings. He just didn't act out on them. And chances are the fantasies that roll through your mind in, in, in the pursuit of orgasm are very unconventional, are things that you wouldn't do in a million years. This is the brain's way of trying to compartmentalize pain in order to make room for pleasure. If people mm. made a list of their most traumatic experiences or disillusionments or disappointments in life, and then they made a list of their most unconventional fantasies, you would see that they're actually mirror images of one another. And so I go into that in great detail in a book called The Fantasy Fallacy about exposing the deeper meaning behind sexual thoughts, because I really want Christians to understand that if you're shutting yourself down at the mental gate, if you refuse to let a sexual thought roll through your mind, you're short circuiting how the body is wired because the pituitary gland has to be triggered by some sort of arousing thought to send the blood flow, not just to the male penis for erection, but to the female clitoris for arousal. And if you're not aroused and your husband is trying to touch you, it can be as painful as, you know, he's trying to push an elevator button, expecting something to happen. And you're thinking, why doesn't that feel good? Well, it doesn't feel good because you haven't let yourself work up to that state of arousal that starts in a woman's mind. So you have Mm -hmm. to trust that whatever thoughts flow through my mind, God's grace is sufficient for me. I would never act those out. I can just relax and, and trust that this is what God wired my brain and my body to do, to work in tandem with one another, to create that sexual arousal that my husband feels so affirmed by. Okay, so let's talk about these thoughts that we should let run through our mind. Because, Shannon, this can get kind of controversial. I know. And, <laughs> you know, um, you know, it's an issue of, okay, what thoughts are okay for me to think about versus verbalize versus it may be different for each couple. It may be different for each individual. We have biblical mandates and characteristically, you know, growing up, we have this checklist of what is or isn't okay, what's taboo. And so I'm hoping your help can set some people free today because um, it can be a highly individualized thing, especially in a monogamous relationship. Can you talk a little bit more about your book, The Fantasy Fallacy, what's in there and some, maybe some story, you know, some touch points of what some common things have come up in some other people's lives that maybe could resonate with, with someone who's listening. Sure. Um, Well, first of all, people automatically assume that if it's a sexual thought about my spouse, that's okay. But if it's any other thought, any other unconventional thought, that would be a sin. Well, let me ask you this. Who was Jesus's spouse? Mm -hmm. He didn't have one. And so uh, since the Bible tells us very clear, he was tempted in every way, but was without sin. We can assume that just because you have a sexual thought about someone that you're not currently married to does not mean that you sin. It's what you do with that thought. Are you taking that thought captive and making it obedient to Christ? 
Are you obsessing over that thought? Are you, right. are you feeding it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you masturbating to that thought and rewarding it with an orgasm? That's right. And going out of your way to let that person know, just so you know, last time I had an orgasm, I thought about you, right. you know, like, or, or thinking about someone else while you're trying to be intimate with your own spouse. That can be very dangerous mind ground as well. It can, but it is often where a woman will start out because her brain has been so wired to go somewhere else. Like a, a child, especially who's being sexually abused, her brain gets wired to go somewhere else when there's mm-hmm. that human, uh, I don't want to even call that intimacy. It's abuse. It's not stimulus. Intimacy. Exactly. Yeah. That when that's happening, she mentally checks out because she has to go to a different place in her mind to be able to tolerate what's happening to her. And so that often is an ingrained pattern. So for a woman to let go of that pattern and to be mentally and emotionally present is a huge step. Of, it, that's a huge growth step for her. And I think that that's certainly possible but it's going to have to take some some huge intentionality on her part to just be on, open and honest with herself, with her husband, if she feels safe, with a counselor or coach who can help teach her how to do that. And that's exactly what we do in the fantasy fallacy is we teach people how to take that thought captive, make it obedient to Christ, how to control those thoughts rather than letting them control you. Yeah, because guilt isn't going to help. I mean, no. guilt and denial is not going to move us forward. No, guilt only shuts you down. And then you right. have to create even more vivid fantasies in order to compartmentalize that pain from that guilt. <laughs> right. I mean, it can really be a downfall. on and on. Yeah. And that's why so many spiritual leaders do fall into these huge sexual scandals. It's a, yeah. it's a downward spiral of guilt and shame, guilt and shame, guilt and shame. And they've been repressing their sexuality for so, so mm-hmm. long that then it's kind of like forcing a beach ball to the bottom of a pool. If they aren't very, very vigilant to keep repressing it, it pops not just back up to the surface of the water, but way up into the sky, comes mm-hmm. crashing back down, creates all mm-hmm. these ripple effects. Yeah. So we as Christians have to learn to stop repressing and express our sexuality in healthy ways. But, you know, when it comes to verbalizing uh, our fantasies, it is so important that you know whether or not you can trust your spouse with a particular fantasy. Um, For example, there was a woman who came to me. I don't remember if I told this on your show before. So if I did, you just stop me, Jackie. But did I tell you about Cindy, the the coaching client that came to me saying that she could not reach orgasm without entertaining? No. So go ahead. Start there. Yeah. So she couldn't reach orgasm without entertaining lesbian fantasies. And so she said, if I had been watching Oprah or Ellen, I would have thought, well, you know, I just need to come out of the closet. I'm probably gay. So I just need to find a partner and experiment and see if that's how I'm wired. But she said, Shannon, that so goes against my spiritual values. And I love my husband and I want to have more kids with him. They already had a little girl. And so we did a sexual history worksheet to try to figure out why are these, you know, lesbian thoughts come up, coming up for you. I couldn't see any connection. And then it was like God opened up my brain and said, ask her more questions about her more broad history, not just sexual history. And that's when I learned that when she was 14, she had an 11 year old sister, her only sibling, who went to spend the night with friends. And that night, lightning struck the roof of that house and it burned to the ground and everyone inside was killed, including her sister. As a result, her mother emotionally shut down. And she said for the next four years until I left for college, she said, my mother was just a walking zombie. So I asked her, what kind of counseling did your parents get for you in losing your only sibling? What do you think? She said, Jackie. None. None. I said, Mm. what kind of counseling did your parents get to deal with the loss of their youngest child? 
None. None. Her lesbian fantasies were her brain's way of telling her that she had emotional bills due, that she had unresolved grief that she had never processed. And this was her brain's way of, again, compartmentalizing that pain long enough Mm -hmm. to produce pleasure. And so the storyline that was created was basically her brain's way of recreating some sort of resemblance of female to female intimacy that she so enjoyed her first 14 years of life, but at a very pivotal age in her sexual development was robbed of that physically, her sister's death and emotionally with her mother's emotional death. And so she said to me, you know, once she figured that out, she said, my only fear is that my husband will feel as if I'm being unfaithful to him. If he knows that I'm entertaining those types of thoughts while making love. And I said, the only way that you're going to find that out is to test the theory. And so we brought him into a session. We explained you know, what was going on. And his response was, now that you explain how sexual fantasies are the brain's way of trying to heal itself from past trauma, he said, I totally get why your mind would go there. And Mm -hmm. he said, not only are you safe with me, if that's where your mind needs to go in order to experience orgasm, but he said, I also promise you, I will never take advantage of that fantasy. Mm -hmm. I will never try to coax you into acting it out. I will never try to show you lesbian porn or anything like that. I will not feel that. Or invite another woman into the marriage bed. Yeah, exactly. And so she was able to be safe with him. And I just... I wanted to hug that guy. It's like, I couldn't have written a better script for you to respond the way that she needed to hear you respond. Mm, and so it was a beautiful. perfect scenario. But there are other women whose husbands would be all over that uh, in a very unhealthy way. So you have to be the judge and whether he is a safe person for you to verbalize that with. But regardless of whether it's your husband or a counselor or a coach or you know, ministry leader or whoever, if you feel the need to confess, you know, the Bible says confess your sins one to another that you may be healed. It doesn't say confess it to everybody. Right. Even just being open and honest and vulnerable and real with one person on the planet will often give you the confidence to just let go of that baggage and to be free, just mm-hmm. to be free. And so that's what I think that is is so vital about reading books like The Passion Principles or The Fantasy Fallacy or The Sexually Confident Wife is because it sets you free to just accept the fact that we all have sexual and emotional baggage. I can find people who love me enough that I can trust to help me unpack that baggage. And I can be sexually confident no matter what's in my past. Yeah, well, and I love, um, I mean, not that you're trying to brag about your books, but your books have a lot of real life experiences from your clients, stories about people you've met at conferences or speaking engagements. And so really, it's, it's, uh, they're resources to not only give us wisdom and guidance from a trained perspective, but also to help us read stories to say, ah, that's been happening to me, me too. You know, yeah. I'm not alone. I'm not crazy um, that, you know, and, and on a podcast episode, we can't cover all the things. Uh-uh. But that's what writing is for, you know? Exactly. I can go much deeper in a book than I can in, you know, 45 minute podcast. Uh, I can also go much deeper in a one-on-one coaching relationship. Right. I can go even deeper with a person in a group setting. So can I just tell you about some of the resources available to folks through Shannon Etheridge Ministries that if they're thinking, yeah, I do have some sexual and emotional baggage that I probably need to unpack with someone. I just want to kind of steer them in some directions. I'm going to start with the least expensive and go toward the the most expensive, if that's okay. Sure. Uh, But Sexy Marriage Radio is a podcast that Dr. Corey Allen and I have been doing for quite some time. We have over 200 episodes in the can. And this is like free 
sex therapy for 30 minutes every week. We have, I love it. We've developed a huge following 82,000 downloads a month, and we are very committed to keeping this podcast free. And so that would be a great resource for both husbands and wives to listen to, to open up lines of communication within their marriage. And from a Christian perspective, which is, which I love so much. I looked on iTunes this morning and you're in the top 20 in the sexuality health category. And I, I didn't see a lot of other Christian perspectives there. Exactly. Let me just put it that way. Exactly. And uh, the next least expensive, it would be a book. You know, for $15, you can go deep, deep, deep into an author's thoughts because we do, we put it all out there and Mm -hmm. and it gets edited and all that jazz. And so uh, in the, in the area of sexuality, if you're struggling with extramarital temptations, I would say every woman's battle and the fantasy fallacy are your two most important reads. If you're just looking to cultivate deeper levels of sexual intimacy in your marriage bed, especially as preventative medicine, and just to make your relationship as great as possible, the sexually confident wife and the passion principles, which is designed for both husbands and wives to read together. Those would be the four books that I would recommend most. And then if you would like to work with me as a client, um, I do uh, life and relationship coaching, and I like to think that I build a really deep uh, connectedness to my clients and get to know them and can recognize those stumbling blocks that they don't even see in their path toward intimacy. And so they can learn more about that at shannonethridge.com by clicking on coaching. And then I also, this is the thing that I enjoy doing most, Jackie. I have told God if I never get the chance to write a book again or to speak at another church, then I can be okay with that. But please just let me keep doing Women at the Wall workshops until Jesus returns Mm. or until I die, because that is where I'm seeing the most fruit. That imagine eight to 10 women, totally anonymous, coming together. All they know about each other is their first names. And they have an opportunity to rewind the tape of their life and to look at their most traumatic experiences, look at their family of origin issues and relationships and unpack, why do I feel the way about my sexuality that I do? Now, this is for both married and single women of all ages. We've had girls as young as 19, as old as 72. Uh, (laughs) it's, It's for women who are either acting out sexually, they're swinging too far to the left on the pendulum swing, they're doing things that they never thought that they would do, whether that's porn or addictive masturbation or um, having that affair or just on the verge of it or whatever, or it's for women who are swinging too far to the right on the pendulum swing that she is shut down. She does not understand why she is hardened or bitter or just resentful of the fact that sex is expected in her marriage relationship. She has little interest and she wants to figure out why, because there's a reason there's a psychological reason to both the left pendulum swing and the right pendulum swing. So we help women find a healthy middle ground where she's a very interested and motivated sex partner, but only with her husband. And so I love the cards, the letters, the flowers and candy that I get from husbands who say, I don't know what you did with the woman that I sent to Texas, but the woman that you sent back to me, I'm keeping her. Like this is the breakthrough that he has been longing for. And so I just encourage women to go to shannonethridge.com, click on the um, workshops link, we actually have one coming up uh, in November, but we, we have, a th- I believe, five scheduled for the spring. We try to do mm. them about every other month, uh, but certainly a wise investment of four days into uh, figuring out where you are in your sexual journey and why. And I tell women, it is so important for you not just to focus on where you are now. You have to focus on where you've been. Because if you were to pick up one of my fiction novels uh, and read chapter 34 first, 
it would make no sense to you whatsoever. You have to go back to chapter one and understand where the storyline has led these characters. Our lives are a story and we are the author of that story. And we need to figure out where we have been in the past in order to figure out where we are now and where we want to go down the road. And then one more program I want to mention very quickly, mainly because you are like a star pupil. You are certainly a poster child for Blast Mentorship Success. When people have gone through a transformation process, when they know that they have had a face-to-face encounter with Jesus and their life has been transformed and their relationships or their life has been strengthened, they often want to do exactly what you're doing, Jackie. They want to share their testimony. They want to shout from the mountaintops what God has done for them. And so six years ago, I started a BLAST mentorship program. It stands for Building Leaders, Authors, Speakers, and Teachers. Because I am all about, you know, people say, well, why in the world would you train your competition? And it's like, I don't see these people as my competition at all. I see them as my teammates. We are all on the same team looking to share our stories to bless people and bring other people into the knowledge of Christ's love for them. And so for me to be able to help them bring their writing or their speaking dreams or their radio show dreams or whatever they aspire to do to share their story with other people. I love cheering them on. So that's also something that they can learn about at either shannonethridge.com or at blastmentoring.com. Well, thank you, Shannon. And I have to say, I think there's just so much of an advantage to an intensive like you do with the, with the well workshops and, um, What a gift to be able to process through everything in such a concentrated period of time with people who are for you. And um, man, I'd sure love to learn how to do that someday for others. It would really... I, th- I think it's just right up my alley. You should come and join us at a workshop. I would love to teach you. And there are actually a lot of counselors and women's ministry leaders who they just want to come and learn how to do what I do. And I tell them, just come and, and be a full participant. Because if you look at it through the lens of your own life, you'll re- you'll retain a lot more than if you're just looking at it through the lens of how can I help other people? Yeah. So do it. Do it, Well, Jackie. thank you for the invitation. <laughs> yeah. um, I know we have to go. Our time is short, but I thought in closing, um, and all of those links I will have on the website. Um, if you go to JackieWatkins.com, I will have them for you. But um, in closing, Shannon, there are some people maybe who don't have a healthy marriage today or healthy relationship. They've been betrayed, maybe a husband with pornography, or maybe they've been sexually abused. Can you point those people in closing to... Um, some things you could you could recommend for them because you know we need to unpack the pain sometimes and get started on our healing process before we can really dive into a lot of these preventative and fortifying strategies for our relationships. Yeah, we have to keep in mind that every human being who is walking the planet is a hurting little boy trapped in a grown man's body or a hurting little girl trapped in a grown woman's body. And hurting people hurt people. And the people who abused you or betrayed you or were unfaithful to you in the past, they didn't do it specifically to hurt you. They did it because of the hurts they carried within themselves. Mm. And so understanding that it's not about you, you were just in the path of their destruction, but they were destroying themselves even more than they were trying to destroy you. And so um, you can reach that place where when you understand that they were operating out of a deep and desperate need, uh, that they were basically uh, trying to meet a deep psychological need in some very unhealthy ways, just for lack of, of knowing any better, 
that you're able to look past their weaknesses and recognize their needs. And I have seen many, many couples move beyond infidelity. I've seen them move beyond porn addiction. I've seen women move beyond sexual abuse and guilt from her promiscuous past. I've, I've seen it over and over and over again. So yeah. we cannot assume that this is an impossible task. And in fact, mm-hmm. one of the best resources I know of is that if people will go to TED Talk, I think it's TED.com, and uh, or just Google Esther Perel, P-E-R-E-L, TED Talk on infidelity. She goes mm. really deep in 20 minutes to discuss why happy people cheat. Uh, and it is just incredibly insightful. So I do know that there is so good. hope and there is healing. So can I close this with a prayer specifically? Oh, I would love that. I really would because I know there's so many hurting people. You know it too from all the questions you get. And, Absolutely. you know, my heart is is that we discussed things that will not only strengthen our marriages, but we don't forget the people who are just in that deepest, darkest, muddy place today. So yeah. I'd love it if you'd pray. Absolutely. Father God, thank you so much for the gift of our sexuality, for the passion, for the pleasure, for the connection and the euphoria that we're able to experience just by relaxing and going with that flow and connecting intimately with our husbands. But God, we acknowledge that many times sex is not a source of pleasure. It's a source of pain, either because of something that's been done to us or something uh, that our husbands have done to us or something that we've done to ourselves. But God, we thank you that your mercies are new every morning. We thank you that your grace is sufficient for us. We thank you that your your love is totally unconditional. But God, we need to learn to love like that. We need to learn to show grace like that. We need to learn to show mercy like that. So I just pray for every woman listening that I just ask that you would bind up her broken heart, that if sexy marriage radio is something that would benefit her, guide her there, God. If a book or a coaching relationship is what she needs, give her that boldness to step out and and put her hands on those things. If a workshop is what she needs to really go deep over a four day span of time, God, I pray that you would inspire her, light a fire under her behind such that she can't even sleep at night until she takes the steps to make this possible. Or God, whoever it is, whatever direction, whatever counselor or coach you have for them, our heart's desire is just for women to be healed so that they can be healthy, so that they can find that comfort and security and connection in her marriage relationship that we all desire to have. God, I pray that every marriage that is represented, every current or future marriage that is represented by each person listening, I pray that that marriage would be a crystal clear reflection of Christ's commitment to his bride, the church, that we would learn to love each other unconditionally without guilt, shame, or inhibition. And we thank you for the ability that you give us through the power of your Holy Mm. Spirit to do just that. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, Shannon, so thankful for you. I'm cheering you on in all your work and I'm just deeply grateful for not only how you helped me heal personally, but how you continue to serve. And it's my desire to follow and do the same. So you, such a joy to spend time with you today. You too. You keep up the God work, girlfriend. Thank you. Have a beautiful week. You too. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Well, that's all for this podcast episode. I'm so, so thankful to Shannon for her candor, her transparency, for calling it like it is, and for helping us be more comfortable in our own skin. And I have devoured every single resource she has written, and I hope that if any of this resonated with you and you need further assistance or resources that you would check out. Uh, everything Shannon has written and has spoken. It's just a wealth of knowledge. And that podcast that she co-hosts, 
you are not going to want to miss it. It's Sexy Marriage Radio. It's on iTunes. You can get there um, by going to the link in the show notes page, which everything that we mentioned in this podcast episode is on my show notes page. You can get there by going to JackieWatkins.com forward slash episode 65. And it's all there, including the TED Talk video with Esther Perel. And that in and of itself is incredible as well. And so thank you so much for being here today. I hope this episode blessed you. I hope you have a renewed inspiration to be the woman that God created you to be, not only physically, emotionally, and mentally, but also sexually, because God did create us as sexual beings. And I think sometimes we... um deprive ourselves of the pleasure and enjoyment that God has intended for us in marriage just because we let other things get in the way. So let's purpose to dive in deep and really do some work in the deeper parts of our heart in this area so that we can be the wives that um, our husbands need and we can be the fulfilled women that God has created us to be and really enjoy the richness and beauty and gift that sex is in marriage. I'm just so thankful that you've been here with me this month. And, you know, if you're listening to this so far after the fact, I'm still glad you're here. And I hope it's blessed you greatly. If there's something that we've talked about that you think would resonate with a friend, or if there's someone going through some mud in this area that you think this topic and this content can bless, I would love nothing more than for you to share the Mud Stories podcast with a friend, send an email, send a text, whatever it is. And beyond that, if you would be willing to go to iTunes and subscribe to this show, that will help iTunes know to show the Mud Stories podcast to more people. And um, it's my hope and my passion that people would not feel alone, whatever it is they're walking through. And I'm just so proud of these stories of these guests that come and share with us out of the deepest, darkest places in their lives. And they, they just show up transparently and they give us, um, you know, their heart's feelings and they put it out there all so that we can know that we're not alone. And so when you subscribe to the podcast in iTunes, even if you don't listen to the podcast through iTunes, it helps iTunes register the show at a um, higher rating so that more people are exposed to it. And so if you're willing to do that, I would be so very thankful. You can subscribe to this show by texting the words subscribe mud stories to the number 33444. And it'd be my honor to deliver to you a free PDF when you do that entitled My Favorite Resources for Finding Freedom from Failure. And it would be a PDF that I would send directly to you. So if that interests you, you can text those words to the number 33444, the words subscribe mud stories, and I'll be happy to send that to you. I'm so deeply thankful for you that you took the time out of your day to spend with me and listen to this podcast. I do not take it for granted. I'm grateful every single day for each and every one of you. And uh, I'd love to hear from you if you feel like reaching out. You know, I would just always want you to remember, no matter what mud you're facing today, no matter where you've been in your past, and no matter what lies ahead in your future, if we can focus on being thankful for what is instead of for what isn't, we can find joy. And so it's my greatest desire for you to find your grateful song to sing today. I'm with you, friend, and I will see you next time. Have a beautiful day. A 
never ending marble fails to press upon my mind. I pull the shade that leaves me a little bit blind. I cannot see beyond the plane and I never will find a way out. And then I feel you next to me. You lift my head to see. Your strong arm reaches to me. Your mercy floods my tired soul as you lift me out of my muddy hole. You wash me up with your sweet grace and you lead me to a safer place again. A never ending marble fails to press upon my that leaves me a little bit blind I cannot see beyond the blame And I never will find a way out And then I feel you next to me You lift my head to see Your strong arm reaches to me Your mercy floods my tired soul song to sing, a grateful song to sing.